Haymaker Coffee Company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give-it-all mentality to achieve their American dream. Haymaker Coffee, only roast, top quality, specialty-grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here. And we're back, Stripe Show podcast on a Monday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Thank you for tuning in, however you are, audio, video. We appreciate it. Uh, the numbers have been fantastic here for us as we continue to grow. We, we appreciate you being here on the Stripe Show podcast so much to continue to talk about here uh, in professional golf as we wrap up the PGA Tour season up in East Lake. Atlanta, congratulations to Rory McIlroy, the cherry on top. McIlroy, getting it done both on and off the golf course. Can't think of a better deserving champion, a better face for the PGA Tour. We're going to talk about that and all that is happening there with the players meeting that happened the week before up in Delaware. I'm going to give you my thoughts here on just kind of the whole direction of things are heading here. Uh, with the PGA Tour course, Rory McIlroy spearheading that off the golf course. And now uh, very few people have the talent to to do what he's been doing off the course, taking all that on and then backing it up on the golf course uh, as the best player on the PGA Tour. And I've said all along with Rory, look, when you get Rory's attention, and I've said there's two players, Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson, when you get their attention and you get peak-focused Rory or DJ, uh, those are the two best players in the world. And uh, you saw it with Rory, as good as Scotty Scheffler is, four wins, a green jacket, uh, the 26-year-old. I mean, how impressive has Scotty Scheffler been? I, I got to tell you, you know, not every 25, 26-year-old is this mature uh, as Scotty Scheffler. You know, these are professional golfers. They want to come out, and they're ready to compete. They're ready to perform way more these days in the modern game than we've seen in the past. You, you go back and you ask any of these players like a Lanny Watkins or a Curtis strange. Um, and, and, and these guys would come out and, and look, they would, you know, they would have to, to earn their keep, earn their stripes, if you will. And they would have to, to learn for a year or two in this ramp up. And then all of a sudden you would kind of take off. Not anymore in the modern game. You know, these guys are ready. They get out there. They're not scared. They're ready to compete and, and, and win right now. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be ready to take on some of the responsibility that happens off the golf course. And of course, that's been escalated with uh, the LIV group, which we're going to talk about here today as well. Um, they're not, you know, that doesn't mean they're ready to handle those kinds of situations in front of the mic. And, and Scotty Scheffler has, you know, he, he's hit it out of the park in every possible way on the golf course, off the golf course. It's been fun to watch him take this responsibility and really become a voice and a face um, from a younger perspective for the PGA tour. Uh, he's very mature. He's got self-awareness, his personality. Um, it, it's been, it's been cool to see. And I think the PGA tour, uh, they need players like Scotty Scheffler. I don't put Sam Burns in that same light. And I don't think Burns is as articulate as we've seen with Scotty Scheffler. I think he has that kind of game out there on the golf course. Uh, but to lead in front of the mic and 
um, say the right things, articulate it in a way that makes sense. And then, and, and maybe the next generation wanting to follow that, because that's kind of where we are right now in professional golf as the players have taken control of the PGA tour. It's been, it's interesting, you know, I'm where my studio is, um, is no more than five or six miles from PGA tour headquarters. I've worked closely with the PGA tour on a number of initiatives. I ran the PGA tour academies for crying out loud for, you know, the better part of 10 years. Uh, I've had family members work inside the building for many years. So I've seen, you know, the PGA tour up close and really, you know, I would say up to this point, uh, when you think, you know, the operations of the PGA tour, it's been the commissioner, you know, before Jay Monahan, it was Tim Fincham. And before that it was Dean Beeman and, you know, they have their team and, and their team, you know, operates the PGA tour. Those are the faces that are kind of in the voices that are putting forth a direction of, of what's going to happen. Not anymore. You know, it's a different landscape today. And we know the PGA tour, it's the players, the players own it. And now the players have really been forced to take control of, of what's going to transpire and what the PGA tour is going to look like for the next two, five, 10 years to come. I don't think we really know what the PGA tour is going to look like 10 years from now. Uh, history legacy. We've seen it. It's been called into question by the amount of money that this LIV investment group has to spend. And it's, you know, it's scary in many ways because the PGA tour and you look at all this money that LIV has put out there and have, have attracted these players to come over. And there's more that are going to be going over here in the next coming week. Um, you know, it's, it's forced the PGA tour to spend a lot more money and to go into the reserves, go back to the sponsors uh, and, and push out more money to compete. Now, if this is then countered from the LIV, which I think it will be, I wouldn't be surprised if this week that the tournament in Boston is a purse that where the winner gets 18.5 million. <laughs> Because Rory made 18 million uh, this week. And I wouldn't be surprised if they said, you know what? In Boston, 18.5 to the winner. It's endless, right? You can't get into a spending match with these, with these people. They've got endless funds, it appears, um, with, this, with this LIV fund. So they're going to counter. There's going to be more money being pushed forward. Uh, the, the, uh, the proposal to certain players that, you know, you've heard players like Keith Mitchell and Tom Hoagie and others, they've been offered a certain amount. Those are going to probably be pushed up to some degree, the ones that they really want. So there's going to be more money pushed to the table. And, you know, how, how long can the PGA Tour go like this? It certainly seems um, in the end that if the LIV investment group wants to just go ahead and continue to push chips forward, I, I just don't know how the PGA Tour competes with that. But they had to do something. And those actions were put forth by the players for the first time. The players have said, look, we have to all play together. The top players, we all have to play together in X amount of events and be more of this entertainment and the face value of the PGA tour. And now with these elevated events, as it appears, there's 12 elevated events and there's going to be four more yet to come. These elevated events, they're all going to be there. Rory, JT, Finau, 
all these top names on the PGA Tour are going to be there. John Rahm. And they're going to play. Now, how many are going to be in those events? I don't think we really know. But these elevated events are going to be the best players in the world competing. And that's what it should be. And it's interesting. And I find myself, as I sit here today on a Monday, I find myself asking the question why we weren't moving in this direction quicker, even before LIV, right? And call it what you want with Phil Mickelson. I don't like the way Phil Mickelson went about this. But at the end of the day, no matter how you feel, there ain't no way we'd be at this point if Phil didn't do what he did. There's, there's just no way. If you got to answer the question, yes or no, would we be here right now if Phil didn't do what he did? My answer would be no. I think, I mean, is it, is it the sole reason? I didn't like the way that he did it. But he certainly has escalated this to the point that we are right now, whether you like it or not. I think that's just the facts. And I think there's some things that he was probably right about. And there's some things that he wasn't right about. And it was uncomfortable. Um, but I think at the end of the day, regardless the way that he went about it, uh, here we are. Here we are with the tour going into the reserves and back to the sponsors and all of this money now. All of this money being pushed forward to keep the best players here. And this plan I think for the first time is not coming from the commissioner and his team. It's coming from the players. It's coming from the players. This is what we want. This is who we want to be. And let's push it forward. PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled what the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com. I've said many times the PGA Tour is a star-driven league, and I thought it was getting watered down too much. As much as I love golf, and I love the next generation of player, and I, I respect the fact that you've got players who've been on tour and kind of fall off and um, have to go back down to the Corn Ferry Tour and then come back up. I, you know, I, I respect all of that. But at the end of the day, the PGA Tour is a star-driven league, and we're seeing that more than ever right now. It is a star-driven league, and you have to treat the stars differently than you do the rest of people. I'm sorry, folks. That's the way the world works. Tampa Bay treats Tom Brady a little different than the rest of the team. Kansas City Chiefs treat Patrick Mahomes a little different than the rest of the team. It's the way the world works. Especially in sports, you have to protect and push forward the best players, star-driven league. And the stars got together on the PGA Tour, and they said, look, we've got to all commit together. We've got to play together in these elevated events. The purses are going to go up, and off we go. Now, you're going to have a lot of players that are going to kind of be left behind. What about us? What about these non-elevated events? There's going to be a lot of tournament sponsors that are probably not going to be happy with that. And that's going to be a challenge uh, for Jay Monahan and his team to see how they can kind of position the non-elevated events, how they can position the players that are not part of that upper tier. But that upper tier, make no mistake right now, is front and center. And the PGA Tour can't sacrifice 
any more players because you look at now this next group that is going. Cam Smith is going. Mark Leishman is going to live. Uh, Harold Varner III, Cameron Tringali, sounds like they're going to live. Anabarn Lahiri is going to live. It sounds like Joaquin Neiman and Mito Pereira are going to live. Cam Smith's a big name. We know that. Uh, won the Open Champ, one of the best players in the world, and uh, he's going to live. Joaquin Neiman, Mito Pereira, two players from Chile, young, dynamic players. Uh, that hurts. That hurts. And you can't sacrifice more and more of these players going. So, you know, you look at Liv and, and what it's doing. Um, it's, it's clear that they are trying to build these teams around countries, and it's fascinating. Uh, I reached out to Liv Media, and I'm trying to get the president, the chief operating officer, on the podcast, Atul Kosha, who actually was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now he's the president uh, for Live Golf. We're trying to get him on, and I'd love to get him on tomorrow. That'd be fantastic. And go through what their business model is, right? Because clearly they're trying to put these teams together, these teams uh, that represent countries. We can see that with England. Uh, we can see that with the United States. We can see that with South Africa. And now, you know, we're, we're starting to see this uh, um, Australia contingency, Chile. Uh, Adam and Leary's from India. So these countries representing these teams. And of course, the United States is probably going to have multiple teams. There might be a mixed bag of international, who knows. Uh, but these teams uh, to be sold, to be owned by the players and then to be sold for sponsorships. I'd love to learn the internal workings of that from a tool and how uh, that's going to work and, and what that runway looks like with the investment that they're putting in right now, because the investment is significant. You know, it's, it's significant, obviously, in the amount of money that they're paying. Rumor has it, Cam Smith, $100 million. So a lot of happening there, you know, with Liv. We're working on getting him on. Uh, they'll take centered stage this week. Live Golf up in Boston this week. And then they should go to Chicago the middle of September. And then Thailand at the end of, or excuse me, at the beginning of October. Saudi Arabia, middle of October. And then Miami for the championship at the end of October. So they're going to play five times here, it looks like, over the span of two months. Hopefully the players are able to take on that workload because I know they're trying to work less and spend more time with their family. So five tournaments over two months, hopefully everybody's going to be okay. But that's live golf, right? They're spending money. I've said many times, I think they're, they, they feel very comfortable with where they are right now. And the PGA tour has countered and they have put forth now the next step with all of this money coming in these elevated events. There's other programs that are, that are happening. I'm not going to get into all that, um, but it's going to be really interesting to see how this transpires. I guess my question is, I just, I just don't understand why it's taken us so long to get here. You know, I, I think when you, when you really look at it, you know, it's tough to be critical when you're operating and then someone comes in with all of this money and just starts spending a ridiculous amount of money on players to come over. There's not much you can do about that, right? Because everybody has a number. And those numbers are being met, and I think they're going to continue to be met as Live Golf continues to pump in more money. 
and they go after the players that they want to build these teams around the country. But they've certainly highlighted, I think, through that some some weakness um, with the PGA Tour and that the old status quo of the PGA Tour and the tour rolls through and there's 46 weeks of professional golf or 46 tournaments non or uh, opposite fields of, I mean, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood of all of this golf. And it's four rounds with the cut. Status quo, same thing ran out there every single week. And I think it's caught up to them. You know, I think it's gotten watered down to the point where member number one is being treated the same as member number 200 or whatever you want to call it. And yes, you have to create opportunities for all members to play. I totally get that. And I'm not saying that some of those things shouldn't go away. Those things are going to be there still with the non-elevated events, the corn Ferry tour. But, you know, I think they, you know, this, this watered down PGA tour, when you think of the PGA tour and you turn it on and it's the John Deere classic and it's the 3M open, it's not the stars. And that's what you start associating with the PGA tour to the casual fan. And when you look at the demographics and you look at the viewership on TV, it's, it's, it's not ideal. It's just not ideal. So I think in many ways, yeah, the, the, the same status quo, just keep turning the wheels, no competition. I think it caught up to him. I, I really do. And, and live attacked that weakness. They came in with a whole new different model and fresh people are looking. And yeah, of course the, the number one factor is they paid him a lot of money. I, I totally get it. Um, but they, they expose a weakness. And I think now what's going to be interesting with the, with these players coming forth and saying, here's what we want to do. And I don't think Jay has a, has a, you know, he doesn't really have a say in this. He's got to take it now and he's got to get his team and run and execute. And it's going to be interesting to see if they can do that. You know, if, if, if they're able to kind of spin this thing and make this thing feel a little fresher, newer, um, must see TV. I want to pick up my phone and I want to watch this. This is entertaining. Can they do that? You know, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Now, one of the things that will be fascinating is of course, Tiger and Rory, uh, they came together and they started the TGL, which is going to be in partnership with the PGA tour. And I think this, this initiative um, is going to go after a younger audience through technology. And, and it's going to be more in these custom built arenas where you're going to be closer to the action. Um, and there's going to be a, a whole lot of tech, right? And it's going to speak to that on younger audience. And I think that's going to help. You know, I think that's a interesting idea, but we'll have to see how that transpires. There's a team game element to it. It's going to be on Monday night. Um, and that's going to be, as I understand, owned and operated by this uh, Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy is this partnership that they've put together um, with the PGA Tour. And, and of course, that came together rather quickly. Um, but yeah, it's going after this younger audience and golf is changing the status quo being pushed out there. Um, look, it's, it's, you're never going to see the PGA tour the way that it has been up to this point before live. It's just, it's just, it's, it's over. And, and I think, and I think it's a good thing. I, I really do. I think it's, there's a, there's a lot to like in there and there's a lot not to like this thing needed to this thing needed to evolve. It needs to evolve. 
Um, and when I tune into a PGA tour event, I hope these elevated events are just called the PGA tour. I don't know what you call the rest of it, but when I tune into the PGA tour, these 15 events, these 16 events, whatever it is, plus the major champion, you know, there's 15 to 20 events that are the PGA tour. And I know when I turn it on, it's Rom, it's Rory. It's JT, it's Cantley, it's Xander, and then whoever else, you know, gets into that. And, and they'll have to decide what that number is. And that's going to be a big decision. You know, is it 60? Is it 72? Or maybe there's a couple that have 100. I don't know. And that's going to be up to Jay and his team to figure out what, what's, what's the best for entertainment. What's the best um, for people to tune in and want to watch this thing? Um, that, that's, that has to be pushed front and center, not the status quo, not let's just do what feels comfortable. Let's just do what we know how to do. Glenn Fittich, the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey is expertly crafted and made with extraordinary care. Each single malt is a work of perfection. Not now, you know, not with, not with a competitor, uh, in the room. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes about. And uh, I'm working on getting a tool. Uh, Kosha, the president, chief operating officer of uh, Live Golf, to come on and kind of educate us a little bit more about uh, what this business model looks like. You know, it's interesting. I, on social media, you know, people will come after me like I'm a, I'm a PGA Tour homer and you know, you hate live golf and this and that. And it's, that's not the case really at all. Now, look, if you have to ask me the question, do I want the PGA Tour to prevail here? Yeah, I do. I do. I want the PGA Tour to prevail here. Do I like everything that the PGA Tour has done? No, I don't. Um, and I think they've been exposed to, to some degree on, you know, some of the things that I just talked about. But I want the PGA Tour to prevail. I, I, I want them to be the platform for professional golf. I don't think just going in and, and spending the kind of money that, that live golf is to, to come over here and be a part of this. And um, this team competition, 54 holes shotgun start that feels very much like an exhibition to me. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think that's the best for professional golf long-term, but I might be wrong. But what I am going to be, and I feel like I am, is I'm open to learning about it. I'll watch Live Golf. You know, I, I'm, I'm watching some of it. Um, but I just don't think in, in my own opinion that it's the best long term. Do I think it's good right now with competition and these things changing and it's good for business and conversation? Yeah, absolutely, I do. But I'm open to learn about it. Maybe this is the future. I don't know. And uh, that's why I've invited a tool on to, to help us understand those things. We've also invited and will be on accepted the invitation is Peter Ginsburg, who uh, was uh, the top lawyer that I had on about a month ago as we were going down this path. And he was, we had a really good conversation about antitrust and, and you know, what's going to happen there. Right. And he's been pretty spot on with a lot of the things that have transpired there. He has represented, and has taken on many of the top professional sports associations, including the NFL, the PGA tour. Peter was also on the team with Patrick Reed 
um, that sent the first letter to the Golf Channel and Brandel Chambly uh, about this defamation case. So I want to get Peter on to talk a little bit about that with a Patrick Reed case, but also just where we are with the PGA Tour and Live Golf. Should be a fascinating conversation. Again, as here at the podcast, we, we were trying to, you know, kind of bring everything to the table, both sides. And I think that's important. You know, that's important. I've thought about this a lot over the last week. I can have my opinion, but I can look at the other side and listen to the other side. And it's okay then to change your thoughts, change your opinion as you learn about the other side. I think it's really easy to think, look, I am on this side and everybody else get away from me because you suck. Not the way it is. Right. And that's kind of what you've seen with Rory, like hitting his friends, you know, playing with Cam Smith. He knows Cam's going and he doesn't agree with it, but Cam's his friend and will continue to be his friend. And I think that takes a lot of maturity to get to that point. Now, don't come back and sue us because then it gets a little bit more personal. Right. And I don't like that. But I want to learn more about live golf. Uh, I want to learn about more of the other side and educate myself. So when we come on the air that we can talk to it a little bit with a little more balance, still going to form my opinions. um, But I think it's it's good conversation to have on both sides. And I'll finish with this here on the podcast. Thank you for being here on a Monday. You know, I'll finish with um, I talked about Scotty Scheffler and just how impressive he has been not only on the course, uh, but off the course as a 26 year old young people, you know, out there representing. And, and I think, as I said, they're ready to win when they get out there early. Will Zalatoris is another one. They're ready to win when they get out there and off they go. And Will finally got his win. And what a bad break for him with the two herniated discs, but you put a mic in front of Will And it's impressive. It's almost even more impressive listening to Will talk, listening to Scheffler talk at their age, handling these things the way that they are. The maturity, the articulation, um, the uh, self-awareness. It's it's really impressive. And they've handled it very, very well. Not everybody is like that. Last time I checked, I don't think Bryson has that level of maturity and that level of self-awareness to handle these kinds of situations. Patrick Reed, although he's a little bit older now. But Rory McIlroy um, is the guy that has led this charge. And he's had to take the bull by the horn. And he's had to stand up for something that, you know, is much more than about the money. Now, don't make no mistake. Rory likes his money, too. Make no mistake. Tiger likes his money, too. Make no mistake. Travis Fulton likes his money, too. We all like to have our money. You know, there's, there's, we all like to make more money and this and that. But I think there, there's times within that, that you, that you stand up for something that's more than the money. It's something that kind of burns deep in your belly. It's in your heart, it's in your soul. And you feel very passionate about it. And you're willing to put your name on the line to go out there and fight for it. Is there some money associated to it? Of course. But it's more than that. It's about the history, it's about the legacy, and it's what you strongly believe in. And that's what Rory McIlroy has done here for a U.S.-based company, the PGA Tour. Uh, He's been the face and he's been the voice. Tiger, of course, can't get on the golf course like he used to. 
kind of behind the scenes. He flew up to the meeting, Tiger and Rory putting some things together from this. Tiger's voice carries a lot. But Rory has had to be out there and answer the questions all year. And he's done a great job of it. And now to see it come full circle and for him now to go on the golf course and be the face and have his clubs do the work in addition to to it, that is rare, rare talent, folks. Someone that can do it off and on and say, hey, guys, yes, the money's important, but it's, it's, it's more than that. This is the PGA Tour. There's a legacy here. There's a history here. Let's protect that. Let's move it forward. This is the greatest platform to play professional golf. It has the best intentions. Does it have its weaknesses? Do we have our flaws? Yes. And, you know, I respect that. You know, I, I respect that in, in, in a big way. And, um, you know, the PGA Tour, you know, they, they got a big stake in the ground there with Rory winning that thing. There's no question about it. Now, what does that mean long-term for these players, whether they're going to go or not go? I don't know. You know, I, I don't think it means a whole lot. It's not going to persuade someone one way or the other because Rory won. But the fact of the matter is, in times like this and in times in crisis and difficult times like, the, like professional golf is in right now because, uh, you know, with the PGA Tour, they need someone to stand up and be the face and the leader of this. And Rory's done that. And he, and he, and he you know, he topped it off with, with the win in Atlanta, beating Scotty Shuffler. Uh, by one shot. And can we just get rid of this staggered start? Gosh, I mean, I just, I don't know. At first it was interesting. Like, okay, maybe, but I just, oh man, I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I really don't. I know it's the season long race and man, you're going to, you're crediting everybody in the season long race, but uh, you start week one and, and, or, you start the first day and you're 10 shots back. Um, I mean, Scheffler had a seven shot lead 27 holes in. I mean, it's just like from a fan perspective, I, I look at that. I'm like, what? I don't want to watch that. So I don't know. I don't know what you do. You know, I, I don't, I don't know what you do, but, but the staggered start just, it just makes my head hurt. Um, in, in thinking about that. So maybe that'll change. I, I have a feeling that's going to change. I, I, I don't think, most players are on board with that. And I think right now, then more than ever, what the players think, <laughs> what the top players think, that bubble, that group that was in that meeting that have identified as those 20 people or whatever that number is, that's who's setting the, that's who's setting the direction now for the PGA Tour. And then it's going to be up to Jay and his team to go out and execute it and make it right. And then they're, they're going to have a challenge with some of those non-elevated sponsors. They're going to have a challenge with some players underneath that maybe feel like they're being rubbed one way or the other. There's going to be some challenges, um, but they're going to have to answer that and they're going to have to move it forward. And I think from a sales standpoint, that team will be just fine. But I think from the entertainment standpoint, that's going to be the challenge. Can the tour evolve into something that is not the status quo that we've seen over and over. Can you take what has worked and reform it into something that's going to be more entertaining, more must watch TV, more appealing to the younger generation. That's what it's going to come down to now for them. And it's not going to be easy because that money that live is spending, they're not going away. All right. Thank you for being here. We're, uh, we're working on a huge week. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, 
like I said, uh, Atul Kosha, the president of uh, Live Golf. We are hoping he comes on this week. Jim Furyk will be on Wednesday. He's got a lot to say here um, as well. He'll be on Wednesday with Froggy as he's back. And then uh, Peter Ginsburg, top lawyer, um, will be on Thursday. You got the President's Cup out there. You know, unfortunately, the President's Cup is going to be, you know, these these teams are going to be washed down with Cam leaving, uh, with Mito apparently leaving, Jacques Neiman leaving. They're just, these teams are going to be hurt. Obviously, DJ's gone, Brooks is gone, um, Bryson's gone. So uh, it's going to be a very different look. But I think the picks have been made. I've been kind of getting some um, some text messages from some of my resources that we're going to be seeing some interesting picks here, in particularly on the U.S. side. We've got you covered there on uh, who's in and maybe who got slighted and get them on the podcast here. So man, it is, we are full circle here. Thank you for being here at Stripe Show Podcast. I'm Travis Fulton. We'll see you tomorrow.